Hello, everyone. Welcome to Arash's World. Today, we have a special guest, and he actually was here before. It's a repeat uh, guest here that we have because we had such an awesome podcast previously, and I'd love to, I wanted to have him back on. And thank you so much for agreeing to this interview uh, again, uh, Dr. Bruce Hutchison. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Arash. I'm pleased to be here again. Yeah, and just to remind our viewers, you are a clinical psychologist who is a retired and author, and the author of the book, Emotions Don't Think, Emotional Contagion in a Time of Turmoil. And that right. is something that we can all resonate with. And there are a few of those terms that we mentioned previously, I'd like to um, go over again, just to remind our, our audience, uh, we talked about emotional voting, that was one of the things. So how would you uh, briefly explain uh, that to us? What is emotional voting and what can we do about it? Well, um, that's a good point. Um, a lot of voting is based on an emotional reaction people have towards a candidate. And um, that's only natural, it's human nature. But on the other hand, it can lead us down the wrong path mm -hmm. um, because you may tend to vote against someone rather than for someone. And uh, so your emotions might carry you away into this, into this down this dark tunnel. So in other words, you're you're angry at someone, so you get attracted to a person who's vote who's uh, espousing angry feelings toward the person who we don't like, and uh, then we think, oh, I like that guy. He's uh, he's uh, he's up with me. You know, I'm angry. So blah 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 blah. So um, I pointed out many times that well, when you vote against someone. You're not necessarily sure who you are voting for, mm -hmm. and yeah. if you if you find that the person who's in power that you're angry with was someone who themselves was elected in the previous election, when you were angry at someone else here in Ontario, we had those issues, and and so people were very angry at the Liberals, so they voted them out, and now they have someone they're angry at now who they voted in. Mm -hmm. Um, so. We have to vote for someone, and uh, that's a, a good way to work on it because otherwise, it, you know, the old idea was that you thought about the policies and you decided which policy was the one that met your own needs, your own biases. Mm -hmm. So now, um, you know, and it doesn't happen, especially with the advent of television and, and um, um, I say advent, it's been decades, but... Um, yeah, and, and so now as a result, we get elections through what I call poetry and not policy. <laughs> you know, I say in my book that people are elected who have a short first name, last name, short last name, who have an oval face, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. a couple of other things that have nothing to do with their policy. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think of it, you know, go through the past number of premiers and prime ministers and presidents. Most of them have short names. They're tall. They have oval faces. Uh, and uh, go figure, right? Someone yeah. who's short, you know, like, yeah. Not, yeah. That's that's very interesting, yeah. And so I I think a lot of people are also like against things instead of being for things. And I remember a program where it said like when you're anti something, you still like there's this negative feeling that goes with it because you are like already tense and against something. Yeah. And I just recently yeah. watched a program which kind of I found fascinating about the tech industry. And yeah. when Google started, they would their slogan was "Don't be evil," 
And that has caused some some issues too, because why are you were kind of resisting being evil, but that creates some negative tension. Why not just be good, you know, and yeah, taking it yeah. in the positive direction? But yeah, now we see like we're voting, as you're saying, against against like these policies we don't like. So you, it's an anti-policy movement instead of these policies we do like and we embrace. And I think that shift really needs to happen instead of like, you know, voting against someone, really voting for someone and what they stand for. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, there's a lot of cynicism too out there in the world and in politics. And so I think that contributes to this problem. And I talk in my book about how to overcome cynicism. Um, it's important to have a, a flexible mind. Um, you know, there's people who wear rose-colored glasses who are always positive and optimistic and bubbly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are those people who wear dark-colored glasses who are always cynical and negative. Well, how about doing leaving room in your mind for going either way? Yeah. You know, there are both positives and negatives out there. Yeah. Uh, negatives tend to stay in our mind more because they tend to be hurtful. And so they, they we feel that emotionally, and that produces a lot of emotional contagion as people are depressed, cynical, angry, and so on. And then we pick that up from others who are also feeling similar feelings, and that strengthens it. Um, and then it gets stronger. And, and then we get tunnel vision so that we're all into this negative thoughts. Instead, take a look at the positive aspects. Uh, I'm not saying that one shouldn't think negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. I'm saying we need to make sure that they're realistic, accurate, and also make sure that uh, you have a way to overcome the problem that the negative thoughts are, are warning you about. And also take a look at perspectives because there can be a, a positive perspective to something as well. There's always truth in something that's going on. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's that black and white thinking too. And even like when it comes to policies, there is like, I think there's that middle ground, that, that gray yeah. area where I think like, you know, certain parts of it I agree with, certain parts I disagree with. But I find like now we have like two options and you're either this or that. And if you just barely move in the other direction, you're seen as, as as a traitor or as a hypocrite and not espousing that view. And in reality, these are a lot of complex issues. So we have to like look at, as you're saying, the whole perspective. Yeah. And there are some I lean towards uh, one way, but I might not disagree with the whole spectrum of it or with the whole like point of what they're saying. So and exactly. it causes a lot of confusion for for people everywhere, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so I'm going to mention something that people might get emotional about even when I mention the phrase. Okay, people can be anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. Okay, now what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, if I say one negative thing about, you know, the Jewish people or the state of Israel, I can be labeled anti-Semitic. Well, that's not correct. That's not reasonable. Well, Just, currently, there are a lot of anti-Semites in Israel with the protests. So it's actually probably as a majority who are protesting, as, as you're mentioning. So that's exactly it, right? It's just like confounding, in Israel. confounding really? in Israel. Great. And okay. so, so, so they are again criticizing their own government. And it's, it's also like, as, as you're saying, it's like <laughs> governments should be there to be criticized because that's, that's, what how a democracy would work where you say i disagree with this and then be, having that backlash of something like oh we disagree because of this and this and mm -hmm. not the policy is confounding the issue right? yeah exactly exactly well there is a theory out there that uh 
the Jewish people are still experiencing emotional after effects of the Holocaust and the war and, and all these things. And uh, uh, it's very, it was very tragic, of course. And so, um, and so it would be for all of us. And uh, if, our, if our race or our nationality was a target for violence. And so um, I can understand that. But on the other hand, people think that a lot of the people in, in Israel and other places and other areas of the world uh, are reacting from emotion. Emotion as a result of the trauma they may have experienced. In a sense, it's a form of delayed um, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. Okay. Now, that's not an official diagnosis, of course. Mm. People are going to say, well, I think all people in Israel are, are, have PTSD. No, I'm not saying that. That's not true. But um, when you think of it, there's been a lot of trauma that we've experienced in the news. Uh, and with uh, media the way it is, um, you know, you get a lot of um, high high definition sound, you get a lot of uh, real rich color on your TV. It's very real. And so when you interview people or they're interviewed on TV and they're talking about the trauma they've experienced, that can produce a lot of vicarious trauma in the people watching it. And so, and that becomes scary. It brings up the emotions. And when that happens, the emotions get involved and in further decisions that can produce some of the emotional voting. <laughs> well, I'm not going to vote for what, that guy because he's whatever, blah, 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 blah. That's that's fast thinking, as you mentioned. And that's yeah. like something where we the emotions in itself, it, it doesn't have to lead to a certain action. It's like no. you, you you hold it, you take it in, you wait for a few moments, you let it kind of kind of simmer and then you act, but not on the spur of the moment. Because I know when I get into an argument with my wife, the thing that I want to say immediately is usually the worst thing I would say. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. actually best to just <laughs> calm down, talk about it, yeah. maybe few hours later, a few days later, where the emotions are calm. And I think we have to do that. These emotions are not bad or wrong in themselves. It's like it's a necessary part, but not to act upon it immediately, I think. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's a natural, normal part of being a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our bodies are hardwired for the old cave days. Mm -hmm. And uh, the amygdala reacts right away when we're afraid of an animal attacking us. But you know, there are not many animals around now in the cities who want to, want to attack us. Right. Uh, ever since the days dogs have been locked up and put into leashes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, and but our bodies are hardwired that way to do that, unfortunately. And uh, so then we react more emotionally. But, but like you're saying, let's think about this. Let's take a few moments, a few hours to think it through before we have a reaction. I even say take a few seconds to think it through. Because when you're thinking, let me just take a few seconds and think about this. So what would be the best thing for me to say right now to you? I wouldn't say that when I'm talking to someone, but I'm taking some few moments. I try and find some some small talk in my own mind or with the person I'm talking to so that I'm also thinking secretly about what the best thing to say is. It gives the mind a few moments yes. to let a thought pop into your mind. And so that that can happen and that can be very helpful. And then you can come up and say something like, yes, this is a very definite problem and it's very serious and we, we have to find ways to work on this. Mm -hmm. And uh, so exactly. And uh, slow thinking is a way to handle it. There's no rush here. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's right. the panic. We're driven by the panic, and I'm, I don't know much about yeah. banking myself and finances. I, I'm really not good at. But uh, I found probably one of the uh, issues with the Silicon Valley bank was mm-hmm. was panic. And so yeah. nowadays, you can withdraw your money immediately. So suddenly, all these people, this, this rumor spreads around. It might be true, might not be true. But then people overreact, and at the click of a moment, suddenly they take out all their money and the bank will collapse. And this is like something where uh, we we kind yeah. of react too quickly. We we don't think things over. And it's part of our culture too with the technology nowadays yeah. because yeah. you want your food delivered to you immediately. You can take out your money. You can deposit money. You can transfer money. And all this is now making things too rushed, I think. And I, I think that completely. we yeah. should really slow down. And um yeah. You know, it's like that that fight could lead to an immediate divorce. And people talk about that in the rush of the moment because you're not yeah. using your reason and you probably can't because your body is interfering with it, your yeah. hormones and all your, your chemicals and so on. But just kind of to take it easy and it's like, is this really what we want? And asking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to see people scrutinize and analyze their feelings. Why is it I'm feeling this way? And is this really the way I'm feeling about things? I yeah. had a, a peace activist, an Israeli peace activist on my podcast, who does this wonderful thing of putting people together, of bringing uh, both Palestinians and, uh, and uh, Israelis together, Excellent. Excellent. mostly women, mm-hmm. to share their story. And not to judge, just to share it, to share it in either way. Yes. And what exactly. she has found that people suddenly change a lot of these preconceived notions that they had and prejudices. And it's like, I never knew you had to go through this. Me too, I had to go through the same thing. Why are we engaging in this conflict? What is the point of this, right? But seeing it from an emotional view as well. Right. I mean, the emotion right. can be used in a, in a very positive way for positive change if we're, if yes. we're channeling in the right direction. Of course, and uh, that's very true. I think the emotions are taking over a lot of these things. And uh, so when people can reflect on it, um, what's going, what's causing the emotion, uh, is that's true. That's one aspect. And also, how do you handle the emotion, as you're saying, when it hits you? Mm-hmm. Um, just take a few seconds, pause, speak more slowly. Like you're saying, slow speaking is better. It gives the time. It gives the mind time to have different thoughts. And then you can react in an easier way. It becomes more calming and and relaxing. Now, I think that one of the problems here is that um, there's been more trauma in society than we might realize. Mm-hmm. And the trauma has a lingering effect. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's still an emotion, what I call an emotional residue, emotional scarring. Mm-hmm. Um, except the scarring is still a little bit of an open sore because the emotion can be still felt about recent traumas in society. Um, we've just had the 20-year anniversary of the Iraq war. Yeah. Uh, and so now we see that coming up in the news again. And so that brings to mind the trauma that was going on after 9-11 and all the horrible deaths there. And then all the horrible deaths in the Iraq war. And then following that came the previous economic collapse in 2008. Mm-hmm. And they overlapped. You know, that's a lot of trauma. People lost, people lose things. They lost uh, their savings. They lost um, 
the trust. Uh, you know, Enron collapsed, uh, banks collapsed in the U.S., and that's traumatic for people. Now, as you're saying, they're rushing to get their money out of the Silicon Valley Bank um, because they're not sure if it's going to collapse again. They're used to these collapses from yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And worried, that's trauma, right? yes. Yeah. yeah, it's trauma, exactly. For good reason, and we understand it. But then we, we have to also deal with it. And I, I think that's important because credit is related to trust. The word belief is there to, to have credit and to... Yeah. to um, now, the mistrust, and some of it is, is justified because you can't trust the person completely. No. Uh, we find even our parents, I think there's not 100% trust. There's like maybe 90% if you're lucky. But um, I think that's, that's an issue, though, because we can't... It's like it's an either-or. If you lie to me about something, then that doesn't immediately make you a liar for everything or every aspect of it. And no. so we have to find a kind of that compromise and another black and white thinking of saying, yes, we want to criticize the government, which is perfectly fine. But mm -hmm. we do have to have a little, at least a basic trust, because if we don't have that, then mm -hmm. we don't trust anything they do. We don't trust the laws. We don't trust the rules. And we are in, in anarchy. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens politically when people are saying that in the U.S. that the Republicans don't even believe in democracy anymore. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and so you wonder where this is going. And you're going to have more issues than you have now if this emotional... Uh, tendency takes over. I call it an emotional pandemic. <laughs> yes. But you agree people are not really following mm -hmm. that because emotions are invisible. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, exactly, exactly. We're living in an emotional pandemic time. Look at all these shootings. Now they're hitting Canada. It's so scary. Yeah. There's knifings and shootings in malls. And, uh, and that comes from emotions. Mm -hmm. Um. And people are treating it like a crime, which it is, but then the courts don't deal with the causes. They deal with how to handle it afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and so luckily there are some programs coming up like the anti-violence programs of Gary Slutkin and others that can be very helpful in preventing these things. Um, so, but still, you know, there's a lot of controversy over, as you know, the, the, um, issues with drugs and, and abuse out there in BC and all over the country and in the States too. And it's very, and all over the world, the, the drugs are very strong and people are against allowing them, some people to be more flexible with them and uh, allowing some of the, uh, I forget the terms right now, but some of the um, treatments that physicians are giving them by, by allowing them to have uh, some version of the shots of, of, of the, uh, the drugs that are dangerous. Uh, because if you give it to them in a more mild way, it can become easier to handle. And so I think the problem here is that when people see those who are having troubled situations being, uh, they might perceive it that they're being favored or being catered to. And I say, and so I say, no, that's just a way of treating them. It's helpful to overcome it. And the same thing goes with providing housing for people and, um, well, it's much better than providing the, the other house that they give people, which is called a jail, which uh, I used to work as a prison psychologist. And I would mm -hmm. say that's a, a school for crime. Mm -hmm. uh, and do you want to send a criminal to a, to a place where they're going to get more lessons on how to commit crime? That doesn't mm -hmm. sound very smart to me. 
they get uh, better at it when they come out, right? Because yeah. they have all this experience <laughs> and the boss is there. So uh, that's not what we want. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I shouldn't laugh. I just laugh when I say the irony of it strikes it me. It is, so it hard. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. wow. Um, and I think a lot of the policies that are, are out there are designed to um, appease the voters who might believe in these quick fixes uh, punishment, mm-hmm. the emotional kinds of reactions, uh, and people who vote emotionally will say, yeah, I like that. I'm going to vote for that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas really, the voting, who wants to vote to make uh, send criminals to a school for crime? Well, they get better at it. Yeah, exactly. And but and punishment doesn't work. I mean, we, we are learning now with parenting that it actually backfires and is ineffective. And so corporal punishment is something that is in many places, uh, again, and, and justly so frowned upon. And this it was something that I was I was never interested in myself. I mean, there, there has to be some sort of like trying to rectify the behavior and so on, but in a way that's not punishing them for it. And I've seen always like prison as uh, you're too dangerous for the society. So we're going to take you away either in a, in a mental asylum or in a prison to keep the rest of society safe. But it could be also in terms of rehabilitating, sorry, I can't speak today, uh, that so of making them uh, uh, coming back. And that has happened. That has yes. happened where uh, yes. a lot of uh, inmates have come out and they've seen through those emotions, those negative emotions, the trauma and so on. And they've come out much better people uh, afterwards through that experience sure. and have not turned into the hardened criminal. No, they haven't. So, no, no. so there is that possibility. But I, I think we really need to like delve into that and, and foster that as well, instead of the notion of, of punishment and uh, mm-hmm. hurting you harder. Or yeah. even if we look at politically, sanctions. I mean, that's the new form of, of punishment. And it is necessary in many cases, but there has sure. to be a better way of doing it because it yeah. hasn't been effective. It hasn't been. No, I agree. I agree. Yes, I think we need to do some research into these factors. You know, like maybe there is a not to date on the research. I don't really know. Um, but I think it's important to determine if someone has come through prison and, and they're doing well after they're discharged or released, uh, why are they doing well? Would they have done well? <laughs> without going to prison? Did they get therapy when they were in prison? Did they learn a skill that helped them function? Um, did they realize their wrongs? Or was that just a matter that this is what, what the way they would have been anyway, even if they hadn't been sentenced? Oh, Sometimes after after one crime, the person gets shocked enough on that, that that straightens them out. But yeah. who knows? But you have to do research to, to know which is the case. They don't do research like that that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone knows about that, then please let me know, mm-hmm. um, because um, I'm sure that there's many ways. You see, that's the concern here, that when the court takes over, they don't really emphasize ways of preventing the crime or ways of rehabilitating the, mm-hmm. the person. Yes. And, and so, yeah, uh, and that's what we need to focus on. There are ways, and society has done it. There's, it's been many successes. Don't get me wrong. It's not black or white, all or nothing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and congratulations to people for doing that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, that's what counts. Um, and I'm glad that many police departments have now allowed uh, social workers, mental health people to come in to help people in crisis, because that mm-hmm. certainly helps things, you know, and 
um, you know, you ha I have to ask the question. Sorry if it can raise emotions if I ask this question. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those two police officers in Canada who were killed there a little while ago, young man, it's very tragic, very sad. And my sympathy goes out to them and their families and the people around. Um, but I have to wonder what would happen if there was a couple of social workers, therapists, mental health workers who were not dressed in uniforms who the person came across, I wonder if there might've been a different reaction. Now, some people are gonna say nonsense, this is crazy, these guys are out to shoot people and so on and so forth, and that's emotional thinking. Mm -hmm. I say, well, you know, they only probably shoot because there's a uniform there. Mm -hmm. And cops, I know from being a, a prison psychologist for many years, the cops are the worst hated enemies of these, these guys, right? And uh, and I guess that's understandable, and they should be in a lot of ways, sure. Um, but what are you going to do if you see an enemy right in the street right away, and you've got a gun in your hand? You know, you're going to kill him. I'm not recommending that. Please don't do it. Yeah. But, you know, because that's a human being, a person with feelings, with families and needs. And a lot of police are very good people. I know some of them. They've been very good, <laughs> very yeah. helpful. But on the other hand, um, what if it was a therapist who was there? Mm -hmm. um, what if there was such a, a thing called street therapy? Mm -hmm. There is an approach I'm not very, not very familiar with it called sidewalk epistemology, where some people are being trained out, out in society to handle people who are protesting things and come across them in a way and talk to them in a nice, they're calm, therapeutic way, develop a relationship uh, with them, even on the spot and say, well, um, for example, um, you know, we'll start with the weather. What, how do you feel about the weather today? Pretty nice day, a pretty lousy day, right? Whatever. And, uh, and then go into small talk with the people and what kind of sports do you like? Do you follow sports? And someone may say, oh, that sports is full of SHIT. And I'll say, well, okay. Um, and say, always look for some agreement with somebody. Say, yeah, I can see how you feel that way. They make a lot of money and it's crazy. That's ridiculous. And so people want to be heard and understood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, and if you do that, then you can start to develop a relationship with them. Don't argue with them right away because that's not going to work, and then you, you know, you're not going to develop any any progress that way. But I think the word here is really mistrust because they are not yeah. trusting. You're not trusting the person in uniforms, and you're not trusting the person who has a different political belief, or you're not trusting the person who has a different religious background and so on, or ethnic background. So that that is already not a good starter. I mean, so we have to really look past that and say, I'm right. going to give you a chance and you're not right. necessarily a representative of everyone. You're a unique ind individual. And I, right. I, I, exactly what you're saying. But what I'm seeing is there's like uh, more hatred towards towards the police. And we see this more coming out through these actions. Now, yeah. at, on the other side of things, again, the black and white issue where it, uh, police is uh, knows there are certain bad apples there, but yeah. they don't do anything about it because they're afraid of the perception that the the public would have. And then it got, it just gets worse. And I yeah. think it's really important of like being honest and yeah. whatever it is, talking about that openly, open dialogue and say, okay, you know, we're not perfect. No, no one is, whether it's again, any, any person has flaws including politicians, including police officers, including regular people, but to be okay with that 
and mm-hmm. to be actually kind of in a way show our vulnerabilities and say, okay, I make mistakes as a politician. I mean, if they do that, it's often the end of their career. But now it's gone in the opposite direction, where the more failings you have, the more popular you get, especially in in the United States, when we see all these scandals. And in the past, I think that would have like stained them. But now it's like, how far can you go with your scandals? How much can I get away with? And that is also not good. So it's just like this real mess that is happening. It adds to that sense of demoralization out there and cynicism that people have and and, uh, they think there's always going to be a scandal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, put it this way, there may be scandals quite often, too often. Sure, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But not every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many good people out there in business and banking and different uh, walks of life that can be very supportive, very helpful. But because the pain stays around longer, those people who are negative attract the attention. Yeah. Um and I, I say in my book, uh, you know, about cynicism, uh, Tom Hanks did the movie recently about um, Mr. Rogers, who had that, uh, you know, that, that TV show that kids watched. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lovely day in the neighborhood. Well, what a positive way to look at things. Yeah. And people yeah. might think, oh, that's kind of naive, kind of childish. I'll say, how is it naive and childish to go out for a nice, lovely walk in the sunshine in your neighborhood and enjoy things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the cynicism, exactly. And so uh, I, I love Mr. Rogers, and I, I used to watch him, and it just, I, in many ways, shaped my positivity because it's like, he's right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it it feels good. Now, whether others will make fun of it or they, they think of it in a cynical way, that's fine. That's that's their business anyway. But yeah. the, the feeling you get and then that peace and calm that you that emanates from you, that will may work wonders. And I think that's what I would like to know, too, as from your experience. How can we get to that state of peace and calm? There are um, we, how can we release these these emotions to get to that point of tranquility? And um, what is it that you would suggest to, to our audience here? Yeah, well, psychologists will use uh, techniques like um, mindfulness, mm-hmm. uh, meditation, uh, relaxation training, uh, hypnotic methods to do that. Mm-hmm. And those are all very helpful and very good. And, uh, um, but, you know, I don't know if that's going to help society as a whole because you're talking more about individuals. Yeah. Mindfulness means like you're going to not make any judgments about things and just study it in, in a way that, that uh, it could be. When we see different things, we have quick judgments that come to our mind mm-hmm. uh, about something, even small little things. So then we have to say, well, let's just suspend those judgments and appreciate the senses about it. Like if I show you my cup here that I'm drinking from, um, right away your your first thought is, oh, that's an interesting cup, where blah, 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 blah. I'll say, how about just studying the don't label it as a cup, it doesn't matter. Uh, but you like the color green. And the yeah, shape that came to my mind. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. And, and that's mindfulness. Now, if you go out there in society and take that approach, it can be helpful. There's um, ways to do mindful walking uh, and you can walk along the street in a reasonable way, but you have to be careful these days out in the street because you don't know who's around. Yeah. On the yeah. other hand, um, you know, there was, uh, if you remember the, the shows about 20 years ago by Bill Moyers, uh, Healing in the Mind, I think it was called, 
where he had people standing on the street corner in China who were experts in meditation and um, and they just stand there and all the thugs would come around and they would not attack this person. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, it takes two to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. so, yeah, because the other person wants to discharge their anger by getting involved in a fight with someone else. And so um, if you don't do that, the person doesn't have a chance to do that. They'll say, oh, you get, forget it, right? Well, that's good. But I want to forget. I don't want to get into a fight. So, yeah. yeah. So um, that can be a good thing to do and work on. And and uh, But unfortunately, the negative things make the news. The pain hits people. They feel it. There's trauma going through society. And that's one of the reasons why we have all these emotional reactions. The pandemic certainly didn't help no. with all the deaths and losses. That's yeah. so sad. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so, boy, oh boy, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But why not, you know, and this is again in the face of all these things that are happening, which are like horrible things that are happening, but why not relax about things? Why not? Have fun. And so I, I had a, a rabbi yeah. who talked about uh, the Shabbat of like, you know, and you don't have to take the whole day, but there's like maybe a few moments in your day where you say, everything is fine. I am happy. I am enjoying this moment. I'm not worrying yeah. about trauma or this or the news and so on. This no. moment in itself is perfect. And I am perfect in this moment. And if we can yeah. start with little moments like that and kind of expand it, then yeah. it will work wonders. And then we, the, the news won't affect us to to that degree. We still have to, of course, take action. We still have to do something about it. I'm not saying yes. forget about it. And that, that's, yes. again, the, the optimist that you talk about, or they only see the, the, the rose-colored uh, view of things. That's not, there is a lot of bad going on. But there are moments of goodness and to foster that, yes. like the Mr. Exactly. Rogers' uh, walk and just have that. And you can yeah. always go back to that. Even if yes. the situation is horrible, that place always exists for real. Yes. Yes. There are many approaches now being used uh, for in psychology, self-compassion approach, where mm -hmm. you have compassion for yourself mm -hmm. and realize that you're going through some stuff and it's natural to have a difficult reaction sometimes. So it doesn't mean you feel sorry for yourself. It's just mm -hmm. compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, like you would treat someone else, you know, who, who you want to show compassion to. Uh, treat yourself the same way. Mm -hmm. And gratitude is another thing, you know, yeah. to be thankful. Mm -hmm. Having gratitude is very important. Um, make a list of the three or four things that you're thankful for every day. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that can include small things mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the tea I'm drinking. Yeah. Okay. And all the different things that you kind of ignore every day, like the fresh air. Yeah. And, um, you know, do you have snow out there in Vancouver still? Or is it no, gone? thank goodness, no. <laughs> it's gone. Thank goodness. Yeah, gone. Yes, thank yes, goodness. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So that's something you but, can also be, be glad about, right? But, you know, it was uh, last Saturday, we had nice weather and everybody was out and about. Oh, People were walking and it, you felt that that energy again, like because after like this like yeah. hardship of like cold weather and suddenly yeah. we have a nice day. And to really take advantage of that because they just yeah. they come in sparingly. You have to like jump on it when you see it and don't waste your moment worrying about things and letting it slip by. Yeah, and use your senses to absorb those nice warm feelings from the sunshine. Yeah, that's it. Your senses are your your partners in in this. Yeah. 
And yeah. I saw people much more relaxed, just even in their interactions oh. and, and so on. So the, the, these are things that we can't influence, obviously, but the feeling can still stick. We can always go back to that feeling. Remember that day when it was sunny and you took a walk. And just to connect with that instead of uh, letting ourselves go astray with uh, lots of negative thoughts, dark thoughts, and so on, of, of yeah. always like finding our way back to that light, I think. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because it's those negative thoughts, those dark thoughts that will affect us in a negative way and affect mm -hmm. our, our judgments and politics. So then I, I agree with you and I like what you're saying. It's important to um, experience those positive things, have some gratitude for people who are good around you, good things that happen, appreciate them, enjoy them, do it yourself, show gratitude to others. <laughs> That's very important as well. I think we have a responsibility to people in society that way. You're not responsible for people, but you're responsible to them to interact with them in ways that can be helpful and, and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So thanking people, I always thank people for things, and that's very important to do that. And uh, because it helps people in society get along with each other. Mm -hmm. So and I like to yeah, work I always, yeah, I always thank the bus drivers because you know yeah. they're, they're they're driving in circles all day yeah. long. You know, yeah. and if you if you put themselves in their shoes, it's like. You're not creating anything in, in your job, but you're moving people around. So, you know, just a little thank you would, would help them. Right? And if, yes. if we all did that, then they go home and say, yeah, I had a good day driving yes. people around in a circle. Yes, 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 yes. Right, right, exactly. And at that point, it doesn't matter about the circle. What matters is that exactly. you're driving that's it. people, that's letting it. them off. They're being kind yeah. to you. You're yeah. being kind to them. Yeah. And that's very all very important. Right, right, right. One of the things I found, too, is just the element of curiosity. And um, we talk about it, but I don't think we practice it enough. And so when, when somebody has a very different point of view, instead of like going on the defensive or, or disagreeing with them immediately, yes. just think like, that's interesting. <laughs> and yeah. and that, that, that one thought will stop you from reacting impulsively. And it's like, that's yeah. an interesting way of seeing things now. I don't have to agree with you. I not immediately. I have to think it through. Maybe I will, but blocking yourself will not have that dialogue or conversation openness. So curiosity yeah. about the other person. Curiosity, right. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to agree with everything that that person mm -hmm. is saying, mm -hmm. but you might agree with a small part of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's then, okay. That's okay. That's right. Okay. Because, yeah. because yeah. There, there are certain things that some people who are on the fringe, they say, and I was like, I, I kind of see your point, right? But that doesn't make me part of your group, you know? So I think yeah. it's, it's, it's that kind of, again, the black and white thinking where it comes down, if you just agree with one single point, you, we've lost you, right? And yeah. Just, yeah. I understand. You know, I try to understand, at least. I think I do. <laughs> I, I think we see trends in society that we might ignore or not realize that they affect yeah. us. <laughs> in my mind, there's more panhandlers around now than there were 10 years ago. And I shouldn't even call them panhandlers because these are unfortunate people who are looking for ways to get some support. Mm -hmm. uh, so today I gave someone uh, uh, a toonie and uh, helped them out. And uh, But I don't want to overdo that. Again, you have to be realistic because they're going to oh, take yeah. money and do no, who knows what with it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so uh, I've had the experience as kind of humorous in a way. And I, when I've given panhandlers you know, five bucks or two bucks or something. And then a little while later, I see the same panhander in the store buying lottery tickets. And uh, so <laughs> I'm thinking, well, they didn't use the money for um, 
for food or milk or nourishment, um, but they're trying to make some money through winning a lottery. And so I'm not contributing to that. I'm saying, well, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But at least it gives them a moment of fun and hope. Yeah, that's it. Right? That's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and that's the way I can see the positive things and what's happening. Yeah. So when you take it from a tangible way and it's something in a specific example, it's easier to use it in a, that, that way. So think of small things that you can use where you can think of a positive thing that something that's happened in your daily life can be turned into a positive thing in your own way of thinking about it. Yeah, years ago when uh, I went to to Glendale with my family for the first time, visiting my uncle, and I took a walk on my own to go to the mall, but I didn't realize that I spent too much time there. And I was then walking back and it was getting dark and mm -hmm. I didn't have any money on me. And I saw this, uh, this, this, this man out there, just to, to use that word, this uh, a homeless person who was also uh, coming up towards me with a plastic bag. And I was immediately scared because this was a new environment for me. I felt like threatened mm -hmm. and so he asked me for change and i said i do not have any change and then he asked me what are you doing walking around at night and i said well i'm just going home but um you know it got a bit late it's getting dark he said this place is not safe and uh take the bus and i said well i don't have change and guess what he did he offered me money to take the bus Oh my goodness! And, and so, so my immediate immediate thought was he's gonna rob me and attack me, and he offers his help, and he has no money to his name. So, oh my goodness! I think, I think that That's that really opened up my mind. It's like I should not judge people, you know, exactly on that. And we do see that all the time as well. So we have to be careful. And that's when I see curiosity. Okay, I'm interested. I'm curious about yes. your situation. Yes. And, to see you as a, as a human being, not as a panhandler or again, yeah. a, a teacher or, or a police officer or a psychologist. But there's that under, other element that we have to take into account too. The human element. Yes, the yes, element. yes. We all get to where we are from a place we've been. And so we all have a story mm -hmm. and uh, we all have parents and we've all had um, relationships and mm -hmm. friends and people who have meant a lot to us. Mm -hmm. And that can be important. Even the people, the labels take that away, don't they? they do. If you see someone and you label them as a panhandler, it removes all these mm -hmm. human feelings from them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more but also your own pers uh, personal experience, because when you say that, that person comes to my mind and it's kind of softened. And when you say like police officer, I worked with them. And before I, I yeah. was kind of scared, but I worked with them and they're really fun people and they're funny too mm -hmm. which we don't see we mm -hmm. don't see in their regular interactions because they no. cannot show that to 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 other people right so right. I, I think once you see that so your your schema if you will has mm -hmm. changed and it's filled yeah. with some negative stuff but also good stuff so you have a more balanced perspective instead mm -hmm. of keeping it as one thing it's like red file that you don't want to go to or it's all negative Curiosity is so important, isn't it? It opens up the mind to look at things from a different way. Yeah, uh, yeah when I worked in a prison, I used to play softball with the the, um, the prison guards, and uh, they were all good people and, and huh. fun people to be with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and I also used to have uh, good talks with the, the guys and the, the inmates who were there, did group therapy with them, and they were good guys in a lot of ways, too, and... Uh, so um, we we see these good things in people, and uh, um, and a lot of 
positive things happen in prisons. Don't get me wrong when I said it's a school for crime because there's a lot of good relationships that come up with some of the correctional officers and some of the people who live there, uh, and they become important people to them in some ways. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that can be very helpful. And we use the humanity of people to support each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the answer to people. I'll never forget when one inmate said to me, he said, well, do you think that group therapy is the answer to all these problems? And uh, <clears throat> I had to stop and think. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something to that. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. But that so, sense of connection really, really would help wherever yes. you go. Right? Yes. Yeah. yes. And especially and with people who are different from you. It's like opening up and saying, let's go to this place. Let's open it up. Let's open up the uh, the, the mosque or the synagogue for, for other people as well. Come in. Take a look yes. at us. Let's not hide it. Let's not keep it hidden. But let's, let's open it up to everyone so you can see and you can experience yes. it too. And decide. You, you won't like it. That's fine. But at least you got a glimpse of it. And you know, when you talk about that, you know what you're talking about, you know? But yes, yes. most of us, uh, well, many people are are quite ignorant about things and they're opining about things that they know very little about or people that they know very little about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many churches are now allowing um, people from other denominations, mm-hmm. uh, other faiths to come into their buildings mm-hmm. and share the experiences with them. And I think that's very important too, mm-hmm. to do that. And uh you know, um, I agree with that. That's very good. Well, this has been very relaxing and revealing for me. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the idea yeah. of being curious about things mm-hmm. and accepting things. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That's very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for, for being on Rush's World. Uh, again, I want to remind everyone, your current book is Emotions Don't Think, Emotional Contagion in a Time of Turmoil. And uh, the, the term emotional contagion is talked about more too. There we go, right? For those of us yeah. who can see it. Uh, and uh, it's, it's something that is coming to the forefront more. And that is a good thing because we need yes. to talk about that. Exactly, we do. We do. And thank you for all the help that you're doing to Absolutely. help everyone in Rush. It's yes. my absolute pleasure. Yes, okay. Okay, bye-bye.